So it's the 27th of July, 2021. It's now the third day of the monastic rains retreat. The entire retreat lasts for three months. So what Mapjan, this monastery, this is the 37th uh, rains retreat uh, that's happening. So it's the monastery was first established in the year uh, 1984. And so it's 37 years this year. So we can observe how time passes extremely quickly. And the Buddha taught us this, that life is very short, that our lives as humans are just like a drop of dew on the tip of a blade of grass. And when the sun comes up and the rays of the sun hits that uh, grass, then it dries up very quickly. So we should try thinking in this way, contemplating along these lines, and thinking about our lives and how long they've uh, been going for, how much time has passed, whether it's 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. And all of the things that have occurred in our past, all the things that we can remember, these have arisen already and they've ceased already. And maybe some people are 40 years old, 50 years old, and the can see that the time that we've spent in this world already, it's gone by very quickly. Our lives pass very quickly. But when we're children, we don't get that impression. It doesn't feel like that uh, because our bodies are growing up and we've got a future ahead of us. A future in terms of our studies, that we have expectations, hopes about getting a career and working. But when our age increases, we've studied already, we've gone out to work already, and our lives have already passed to some degree already, and we've uh, managed to establish ourselves in the world. Um, we feel that time does pass more quickly, and the thing which passes by is our lives, that the time we have left is less and less. So the average life expectancy now in the world is about 75 years. And there are some people who do live for longer than this, to 80, 85, but those who make it past 90 are very few. And especially in this day and age, in this era of pandemic, uh, that many people are dying very young. Some die as children, some die still in the womb that they haven't yet been able to open up their eyes and see the world. So it's all not sure. And we may think that, or be afraid that we may die from COVID, but perhaps we'll die from a car crash instead. Some people get COVID and they recover from it, but then they fall and they die from that. So it's really not sure. So we don't know about these lives, we don't know where they're going to end, how they're going to end, whether we'll die in the air, in the water, on the land. We just don't know. So during the time of the Buddha, there was a small girl who had a conversation with the Buddha. And the Buddha asked her, uh, where did you come from? And she replied, I don't know. And then he asked, where are you going to? 
And she responded as well, I don't know. But this discussion that had a deeper meaning, that of the Dhamma, it meant that she didn't know where it was that she came from before this life. But the conventional answer, the Buddha knew that already, that she had traveled uh, from her house. The Buddha was aware of that. And where are you going to? What this means is after you die, where will you go to then? And the child responded that she didn't know. So she was developing this kamatana, the meditation object of the recollection of death. And she had done this until her mind had reached into peace. She had established good states of samadhi. Uh, But her life was also close to ending as well. So the Buddha took the opportunity, and he knew this, and took the opportunity to um, teach her, to help her out. And through this teaching, uh, she contemplated into it, and she was able to see into the nature of arising, lasting, and ceasing. And from that contemplation, she became a stream enterer. So after this, she traveled to her father's weaving uh, factory or shop. And her father was resting. Uh, but when he came to, uh, he realized that a shuttle from one of the looms had shot off and hit his daughter in the head. And she died due to this. But upon dying, she was reborn as a deva. So life really is not sure, and it's possible for children to pass away as well. And so we see this, see this around us in this present moment, in how we become separated from each other. And this happens for all the people in this world. The mothers and fathers, they become separated from their children, and the children become separated from their parents. And so we have to leave all of our relatives all of our friends. But we should contemplate this and think about this in terms of Dhamma, that these things are simply normal, they're natural, that arising and ceasing is this way. So it's the 37th year of this monastery, and during this period many, many things have happened. A lot of things have come up, they've stayed for a bit, and then they've gone. And it's just that, it's just Dhamma in that way. And so there are these dhammas in the past, things that have arisen already and they've ceased already. And there are dhammas that will occur in the future, things that will arise in the future and cease in the future. And then there are the dhammas, the phenomena, the quality in this present moment, things which are currently arising and ceasing right here and now. And these are things which we should contemplate and contemplate into this body How it's something that arises and ceases, arises and ceases. And we can see the nature of this just within this very breath. How this breath comes in, it stays for just a short period of time, and then it goes out. And right here we can see arising, lasting and ceasing. And this is vipassana, insight, practice. And so we can see this clearly, see this nature of coming and going. And if our minds have reached stillness, if they're in a peaceful place, um, then when we see or become aware of people having died, passed away, 
and then we can contemplate that and gain an understanding of it and see how when the body is devoid of breath, when it's lying on the ground, then it's no different to a log. But really the difference is that we can't find any benefit within a dead body, within a corpse. If we still have sensations over the different parts of our body, then we'll take them to be a self. We'll take the hands, the legs, or the whole body as me, as mine. But if the mind has reached stillness, then we'll get the feeling that it's no different from a log, these different parts, the legs, the arms. And we gain an understanding here, an understanding into the Dhamma. And the state of the Dhamma, the nature of the Dhamma, appears before us. And we see into anatta, not self. So perceiving the Dhamma is like this. This is how it happens. And it's actually something that's not difficult. And when we see this Dhamma with clarity, then that will change the views that we hold. The previous views that we held too were to take everything in terms of self. But when wisdom arises, then that changes. And we can take this body and see this body as just being like a log, a collection of earth, water, fire and air, something that is not self. And the clear knowledge can arise here. The views that we have change and become clearer. And we see into this nature of not-self. We see the Dhamma in this way. So may all of you bring about stillness in your minds. And when the heart has reached a still place, then knowledge will arise and we'll be able to see into the Dhamma without difficulty. And sometimes this happens automatically. It happens with our, without our intending for it to occur. That the mind just gathers together and we see right then and there. We see into the nature of not-self, that there isn't really a true me or mine here and how everything is empty. So we should contemplate along these lines. And when we do this, then the mind will reach a state of inner ease, and brightness, radiance appears within it, and joy occurs. And sometimes the mind can really fill up with this joy, with contentment, and tears can flow down, as tears through understanding the Dhamma. And this shows that we've understood the Dhamma with clarity. We've seen that there isn't a true being, a self, a me or another. And we see this clearly. So may all of you train and practice in this way. And during this range retreat period, we should amplify our determination as well. And we can make a resolution as to how many hours we'll sit in meditation for how many hours we'll do walking meditation for. And we do the morning and evening chanting without skipping out on it. And during the day we try to hold our mindfulness well and constantly in an even manner. And this is something that's very important, that we shouldn't just abandon our mindfulness, but rather really be cautious around these minds, really be looking after them, caring for them, to not just abandon them, not just neglect them. Whether we're standing, walking, sitting, lying down, whether we're drinking, eating, or thinking, then we should be mindful as well. To not just let this mindfulness go. 
and to be firmly established in our meditation objects. So when we come to do formal meditation in the evening or in the afternoon, if we have held our mindfulness well during the day, then peace will be easy to arrive at. But if we have just allowed our minds to go off, to always be following their moods, following the sense impressions, that if there's something that we meet with that's a cause for delight, then the mind gets delighted. If there's a sense impression that's a cause for aversion, then the mind just gets involved in aversion. And if we allow it to do that, then all of its energy will be depleted. So this attraction and aversion, uh, this pleasure and displeasure, these are the things which obstruct samadhi. And when the mind gets involved in them, then it won't come together, it won't gather together, and all of its energy will be depleted. And then when we come to sit meditation in the evening, there'll just be scatteredness and agitation. There'll be a lot of doubts or drowsiness, and that the mind will be clinging to sense impressions which we find pleasurable, or will be clinging to sense impressions which we are averse to and have ill will towards. And these are all the things which work to obstruct the mind from becoming still, to prevent it from reaching peace. So when the mind is lacking peace, then we're simply unable to see the truth. That we don't see the nature of these bodies. We don't understand form. We don't understand feeling or perceptions, mental formations or sense consciousness. And really we see all of this as being a self, as me or mine. And that's all we see, that's all we understand things as, as me and mine. But in truth, they're not actually there. This me and mine doesn't really exist. And what does exist is simply arising and ceasing. And so all things are unstable, they're inconstant. Whether it's physical things or mental things, none of them last. And all things are anatta, they're not self. And so we're not able to control them. So this rupa, this form, and all forms in the world, are we able to control them? We can't. And what can we have control over in this world? Because the whole world and everything in it is, in its entirety, it's a world of anichang, of change, of instability. That it doesn't have a true being a self or an other there. But it's the ignorance within our minds, within this knowing element, that teaches us that it does have a self. And it teaches us about the sense of self, so we're able to extend the self. It's able to be passed down. So the Buddha, he developed his barami uh, to the highest degree, and he spent an extremely long time doing this. And all of the fully self-awakened Buddhas in the past who have attained to the Dhamma, who have awakened, uh, they number uh, a very large amount. But the knowing elements that are here, the minds of all the people, the minds of all the beings, it's enormous. And we simply aren't able to count this number all the knowing elements contained within this limitless universe, and we simply can't count how many there are. So the fully self-awakened Buddha, he 
went out to help all beings, but those that he was able to help were just like the two horns on the head of a bull. But the hairs on that bull are many, many more. And the delusion in the hearts of people, of beings, of and minds, is very deep and very great. And so the Buddha simply wasn't able to help all. So during the Buddha's lifetime, that he arose in the world, he awakened to become a fully self-awakened Buddha. And this is a very rare occurrence. But there were a huge number of knowing elements of jitters in the world at that time. And many of them just didn't have the opportunity to listen to the Dhamma. Many had wrong views which prevented them from hearing the Dhamma. And there were also many animals in the water, on the land, in the air, that too did not have the opportunity to listen to the Buddha. But for us, we are very fortunate. We have the bodies of humans, and we're also practitioners as well. So we have human minds too. So we should use this opportunity to train these minds, to cultivate them. So may all of you be sincere in this, in practicing together in contemplating the body, how it's a heap of elements, how when it's devoid of breath, then it becomes like a log. And then in the end, it gets cold, and it goes hard as well. So we see with logs that we can use them. People do use them to light fires. They can use them to cook food. Uh, But for human corpses, we don't put them to this use that when they die, we just burn them. And it doesn't matter how much we love that person, we burn them all the same. We don't keep their bodies around, because their bodies are a heap of bacteria, and they contain all these diseases. And this is something that's very easy to see in this present day and age, that when people die from the COVID virus, we don't even need to mention about keeping them around. There's no funeral ceremonies that we don't uh, pour water over their hands, which is traditional to do in Thailand. We don't even look at their faces. And they wrap the body up very well in order to prevent the virus from spreading. And then they set it on fire. Because these elements uh, that comprise that body, they've decayed already. And so no one wants it at all. It doesn't matter how much we love that person, we don't keep their corpse around because of the fear that COVID will spread. So we can contemplate this and see this clearly, how it's just like a log in this way. We should contemplate every single day, cultivate our minds every day, and to not be negligent due to our youth or our age, due to the fact that we're now alive. Because life is something that's not sure, but our death is sure. And so we should see this nature of arising, lasting and ceasing. And through seeing this, then we perceive the Dhamma. So may all of you set your hearts on this together.